Yes, it is Tuesday. And guess what happens on Tuesdays? We have our next episode, As Saul Sees It, uh, the podcast that really talks about all the different things that are going on in my life with all my relationships, friendships, business relationships, everything that's going on. That's what we talk about other than politics, religion, or vaccinations because people get offended by that. So today we're actually going to be talking with my good friend, Zach. I've known Zach since high school. Zach is a, he's going to tell us a little bit about himself, but I'm going to just do a quick intro. Zach is from Team Mr. Mortgage. He is helping clients find their dream homes and getting them approved in record time. So thank you, Zach, for joining us today. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here for sure. That's that's one of those things that we're. It's always nice to connect with old friends. So tell us tell us a little bit about um, how you got into the business and you know what what you're what you're doing. You know how things are going with for your business right now. Yeah, you know, actually, I'll tell you just briefly a little bit about myself. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you and I actually, I think we go back a little further than that. I think we're both Meridian guys. I don't think we knew each other that well back in grade school, but I think we both actually. You were Meridian, right? Back in the no, day. I went. I went to Johnson. My son goes to oh, Meridian. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. Just had your kids. Okay, gotcha. My yeah. bad. Well, my bad. Apologize. That I don't want to get you drunk. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, we do go back a long way. You know me from high school, and, and it's. I would have told you up until probably like a week ago um, that about a decade ago I lost everything, and I would have told you that, and I would have been a hundred percent wrong. Um, you know, I, I'm a guy who grew up with big with with family. Uh, my my mom has five siblings, and so my cousins are huge. You have like I, I can more cousins than I can count on either hand, um, you know, grew up Sundays were, were family days at my grandparents' house, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I was also always an overachiever. So that was something that was really important to me. And so, you know, in high school, uh, big things happen in life. And, and uh, we ended up having a son, you know, giving him up for adoption and um, unknowingly didn't really realize how that impacted my life. And it kind of derailed me for a long time. Um, put myself in a lot of bad positions and did a lot of self-sabotage. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, I had an opportunity. I could have played football at Stanford, uh, could have done a lot of great things, but spent a long time destroying my life. And um, wasn't until actually I kind of got to the last point about a decade ago where I kind of put myself in a really bad spot, lost everything. I was actually in jail for being an idiot. Um, and I came to realize that I had, I had, uh, I was kind of I was sabotaging myself because I realized that if I could succeed without my son, I should have succeeded with him. So got out of jail about a little over a decade or about a decade ago. Less than three months later, I met my wife. Um, now, in 2008, I'd gotten my real estate license. But then the market, like literally, it was hilarious. It was boom. It was it was it was hilarious because I passed my test for my real estate exam. I was the first guy done. Didn't even double check myself. I was that confident. Smashed it. And two months later, just imploded. So, um, you know, I, I met my wife and got a, I ended up getting very lucky partnering up with these guys. They moved out from St. Louis. Uh, we built this marketing company together, got an awesome experience with them where we built and sold this really great marketing company and actually sold it to one of my biggest clients, which was really cool. Got to travel across the country, get a really great education in, in um, business and dealing with C-level executives and managers and marketing executives and business owners and getting to kind of understand that perspective. Um, and in that same time, when we were building that business, I, I reached out to my son or actually through the adoption agency, reached out, met my son, um, really kind of came to a point where I, I planted my feet. And the reason why any of this is relevant, you, know, you asked me how I got into this business. We sold the marketing company. Um, a buddy of mine who I had known for years as a realtor, I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go get my real estate license. He said, no, you know, you're, you're a mortgage guy. I can just the way you think you need to get into mortgages, go get your mortgage license. So I did that. Uh, we sold the company and went and I got my mortgage license. And in the meantime, 
met my son and I've developed this amazing relationship. And the reason why I say this whole long winded story is that my whole, I, I came to realize recently, my entire approach to doing what we do here and, and how I do what I do is that uh, I take on and I bring on situations of people that really have no idea where they're going, that they have no idea how to get from A to B to C. Uh, some people that think they can't get, you know, qualify. And I help them build a plan. And I was I, I was recently at a really great event and it kind of helped me understand a lot of what drives me. And I got done talking a little bit about myself. And one of the guy, the guy who was uh, facilitating the event looked at me and said, I bet you take on loans that other people say can't get done, right? I kind of laughed. I said, yeah. He said, you never give up on him, do you? And I just laughed. And it was just from him knowing my story. Um, he, he knew that about me. And so, um, uh, th yeah, thanks, Hernan. Yeah, it was really great building that business. But even more importantly, and what's come now is we built this awesome business with Team Mr. Mortgage. So I, I started in the mortgage world with kind of the call center environment, um, did you know, work in the 10 hour days, five days, six days a week, really wasn't happy. We you know, learned a lot because I did a lot of volume, but it was miserable. It wasn't fun. It wasn't what I had seen in the business, seeing my friends who were in the real estate world. And so I was just, it was, it was miserable. And we moved around a few places. I partnered up with some guys in those groups, started a couple businesses. Um, and then finally, uh, I, I partnered up with my senior broker now. He was a guy I worked with, with one of the small businesses that we depended on somebody else and it failed. Yeah. Uh, and we built this together. And so he brought me into team, Mr. Mortgage, E-Mortgage is our, our main brokerage. And we built this team and we're in the process of actually adding a new LO directly, finishing up the contract for him, which is really exciting. Uh, and he's a guy who actually I've worked with before and trained. And so I, I, I'm really excited to bring him to the next level and show him how, you know, we do it differently. Because it's funny, I work more now probably realistically than I ever did when I was working, you know, 10 hour days or 11 hour days in the office. But it's it doesn't feel like work anymore because I'm doing it the way I want to do it. And I'm helping people and it's all for my family. I do it, you know, from a home office. And um, I also have the office we can meet with if needed. But it's just a different beast. So that's kind of the the tenth hour, the the rambling version of what we do and how I got into it, uh, <laughs> if you will. But I love it, man. This has been the greatest gift. About three years now, self-employed uh, with Mr. Mortgage, and it changes everything. Being a broker, I'm not going to smash on anybody or talk bad about anybody. I'll just say, to my experience, being in this position now, I'm in a lot stronger position to help people um, take the next step. I guess. Excuse me. What? And then one thing I know that from us, you. Know you know your ads on instagram facebook you know why you got into this you know when you purchase your house you realize how difficult it was to deal with these rights i know we've had that discussion and that kind of definitely helped you you know get to that point yeah yeah definitely you kind of you're cutting out on me there are you, are you still with me okay, yeah i'm there. here i'm here just sorry okay cool yeah no actually that was that's a hundred percent true let's see if i get the zoom to work sorry hey hello sorry <laughs> i move around a lot so the zoom doesn't catch me um, yeah. So when my wife and I bought our house, actually it was when we had that marketing company. So, um, it was before we'd sold it and my wife had had some disability income. She'd had a surgery and the, the guy we had just really wasn't that good. First things first, um, he saw what I made. And so he, he saw what I qualified for, sent me shopping. And I didn't ever think, you know, I'd never bought a home. I didn't even think to look at the payment. He said, here's yeah. what you qualify for. I figured, okay, great. That's then that's what we're buying. Right. Well, then we, we shopped, looked at like 10 houses, found the one we wanted to put an offer in on, and then he showed us the payment. I was like, whoa, no, that's that, that's not what we want to do. Uh, so shifted gears and then went and found the house that was in the budget range we wanted to be in. And it was 60 days to close the loan. And for a purchase, 
you can't that, that's an uh, you know we got very lucky that the the people wanted to sell to a family because they really sh- could have walked at any point with our money with our deposit too which yeah. is you know more frustrating and knowing what i know now it, it should have never been that way it's a couple of phone calls and you make a couple of quick shifts and you you find the answer it was it was really just explaining disability income it should have like an aflac style like you know i don't know you actually don't mean to say yeah. that it's supplemental disability insurance program i apologize sir apologize. all right it's all right i don't sell many of those but, <laughs> but you know you, I, I use the brand name because it's well known but you know yeah. you understand it well and, and they just didn't know how to explain it and that created problems that it's such an easy answer. And so when I got into this business as well, and I think it all kind of ties in together, that experience together with my drive and my past, nobody should ever have that experience. Buying a home, it's already stressful enough. You know, there's already, it's your it's your home for your family. It's the roof over their head. It's typically one of the largest investments anybody's gonna make. There shouldn't be stress because a loan officer doesn't know how to ask the right questions. That's just silly, you know what I mean? So with that said, is that, you know, I know that when you're doing stuff, you, I see your post and you're saying, Hey, I just got this, this uh, loan is a complicated loan. I got it approved. got a streamline. I got an offer. Is it, what do you get or what do you do to get your clients pushed through that process so quickly? That's a really good question. Well, it's all, it's all in the footwork up front. And I set expectations with my clients up front that I'm going to ask for a lot of things up front. I ask a lot of questions up front. We dig in. One of the things is that it's probably the most personal financial conversation you're ever going to have with somebody that you don't know and that you're not in bed with, honestly, or, or doing your taxes with. Um, I'm going to get into everything because I have to, because an underwriter is going to. And so part of what I do is I dig in and I've learned and, and the benefit of kind of my early experience in those call center style environments was that we did a ton of volume. I mean, I took calls and took calls and took calls. And so the level of volume that I took, you see so many different situations and scenarios. And then at one point, actually, I was managing a team of people uh, in a call center mortgage place. And you see, you know, triple that number. Um, and so the answer is to set up is to kind of learn what the underwriter is going to ask for up front, ask the questions and know kind of the red flags and, and then dig in on those red flags enough and then document it. Documentation is everything. And it's kind of a hard thing. And so the well, let me clarify. It, when people get into document gathering mode, that's the time. I'm gonna when people are excited and they're ready to move forward, that's when you put everything together. Here's the list, be comprehensive, get it done. But when you get me these, we're gonna fly through the underwriting process. It's the fight back and forth when people um for whatever reason, if it's a difficult document to get. Um, that's where you end up running into problems. And so part of being able to keep it streamlined is getting the buy-in that, listen, I know sometimes things are tough to get. I know sometimes it's 45 minutes on the phone with the IRS, which sucks. Nobody likes that. Um, I know you have, you know, child support stuff, which is kind of a hot topic recently. You know, you got to deal with the courts and that's always a nightmare. Um, And another thing that's been really fun recently with all the COVID stuff, the CARES Act put student loans in forbearance that people didn't even ask. Um, I've seen, I saw mortgages go into forbearance where they didn't, all they did was call and ask about it and the company put them into a forbearance program. And so we have to address those things. And so looking for those, um, that's the answer. It's, it's the footwork up front and getting the buy-in that if I ask you for it, that's what I'm going to need. A common miss, a common thing that we run into where you have loan officers that drag it out is they accept, well, this is all I can find. Well, that's not what the underwriter asked for. And if you can't, if, if I can't at least tie it to that document that they're asking for and draw a real straight line to it, they're not going to take it. And I can argue with you back and forth and I could submit what they're not going to take and we can come back and we can go back and forth or you can listen to me and put the extra effort in. And so 
um, that's it. It's it's experience knowing, and then also is getting the clients buying that it's time. You know, when you do the work, do the work, and then luckily, usually, um, we do that work up front, and you, it's like those posts you see. It's one or two conditions. It's a updated pay stub. It's a verification of you know a depositor, this or that. It's really small stuff. Nice. Yeah. That, I mean, if you if you do the homework and you and you advise them, hey, I'm gonna need this, this, and this. You know, A, B, C. Right. You're going. I need this to get a B. I need this to get to C. It's gonna go smoothly. So that's a good thing that you're telling them up front because a lot of times in business, and this is any business, right? Uh, people are scared to uh, ask for information because they're thinking, hey, I, I I've struggled to get this client to just say yes, right? To just even agree to have the conversation or to refinance the house or whatever the case is. And now I'm asking them for information. They're going to be like, wait, no, no, no. I thought it was going to be easy. I didn't think I had to do anything. And I'm like, no, you, you kind of have to set that expectation and say, you have to do something in order to get this done, right? You want to save yourself some money. So yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, that, that you have to have. There's going to be some effort. Um, that you know, with the digital age, a lot of it's easier now. Uh, we can get a lot of stuff online. We can do a lot of employment verifications and stuff online, and you can upload documents online. We don't have to do all the scanning anymore and all that stuff. But yeah, you, you have to have the buy-in. Um, and and part of that is is coming across without, you know, putting it in an organized fashion. And, and doing it up front here. This is what I need now. Boom. And and you know what, though? Also knowing what you need. That's a big thing. Yeah. I have a, a template email that I've, we've created over time. Uh, that's it's, you know, conditions. There's like 40 things on there that I whittle down from. That's the way I work from it. I'll, I'll, I'll put the template email up and I'll look at the client files I'm putting together for, for their document list. And I just select what they need and, and, and I'll, I'll take off what they don't. And um, it grows too with experience and or with changing in in you know experience of, of situations or documents and all that. With just the experience, you get to ask those right questions. You already know what they need. You like you said earlier, you were you were you were thrown in the deep end at first, right? And you're like you saw all these files coming in. You're like I gotta do it. So, hey, so one question that you know everyone wants to know right now: the interest rates are the low all time low, right? You know. And, and I keep on getting asked by clients is like, is it the perfect time to refinance? Do they, do they see it's going to go lower? Is it the perfect time to buy a house? You on the other end, what do you, what do you, you know, what should I be telling my clients or what should be people or what should people that are actually thinking about doing this, uh, be thinking in their head, you know, what should I do? It's a really good question. So two, two separate boxes, right? So we'll look at right. the refinance first and then we'll talk about purchase because refinance, they're obviously two separate beasts going to depend on the goal, right? There's advantages to refinance right now is that you can get most of the time, uh, get um, done without a, a uh, sorry, my brain froze, excuse me, without getting a, an appraisal done. So that's going to save you. And also values are up at least in San Diego and nationally. I think I, I saw the numbers. It was 11% last year. We saw yeah. an increase in value. Massive, right? And so I have, I've literally had clients, man, who I've bought last year refinanced and either I had one client that put 10% down. We got another 10% in equity, got rid of the PMI. I had another client that had put 5% down. We got another 7% in equity, got their PMI significantly lower. Um, I, and, and also dropping their interest rate a half a percent. So um, there's some really good advantages there. And the rates are at all time lows. Waiting for them to dip is is never going to end up being a good decision. We actually have seen the last two weeks, we've seen an upward tick. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that. Yeah. Um, and and the funny thing is it we've had an upward tick and they're around 3%. And people go, oh, my God, the rates are up. They're still all-time lows, right? I mean, my yeah. parents had an 8% and a 8% variable rate when I was a kid, right? And 13%, I think, at one point. So they're they're amazing rates. And so they're, they're, we're also seeing record equity. Um, and so there's a lot of advantage to refinancing. Look and see. You want uh, My numbers are... Minimum of a half a percent drop, um, 
relative to the loan amount and also to your payment savings, right? So if I'm, what I really matters to me, because if I'm worried about paying my home off faster, then I'm going to work, obviously I'm going to look at interest rate and really dig in on that. But if it's really payment savings, half a percent is a good number as long as the payment savings makes sense for me. Um, and then I always do recuperation costs. If I'm going to recuperate my costs by my, just my payment savings alone within 36 months, then it's a good deal. That makes yeah. sense. If makes it does, sense. if you're going to go longer than that, don't do it. Unless you want to, I mean, there's the argument, go long-term and that's stupid. And some loan officers will try to sell that and don't buy it 36 months. Otherwise, because the numbers tell you that five to seven years, you're going to refinance a sale anyway. That's what the averages are in, in California or San, in San Diego. So, um, you know, that's that. Now, so it's definitely some benefit to it. At least look at the numbers. If you're if you're not in the threes, then look at the numbers. Definitely, if you're in the threes and you have good credit and good, you know, have some equity, look at the numbers. Getting cash out, they're a little more strict on unless you have a lot of equity right now because of all the COVID risk. Uh, we are seeing some some extra layer there, but again, good credit, good equity. They're still. I've had uh, people that I've gotten record low rates with drop their rates a full percent and got them you know, hundred thousand in cash. So. It's it's good there. Purchase is really interesting right now, um, and and it's a great time to buy simply because real estate is always a good investment. Two, inflation numbers. Where do you want to have your money? You want to have it in real property uh, when when inflation hits. That's just kind of one of my opinions. At least I'm sure you. I would love to hear your opinion on that. Actually, we should talk about that a little further. Um, but that's one of the best places to put your money. Um, mortgage rates are at all-time lows. They've dipped up, they've bumped up a little bit here, but actually I think that's helped the buyers that have stronger profiles because it that kind of washes out some of the buyers that are fighting at the top end. And in San Diego, most people are kind of fighting at the top end if they're, yeah. if, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so it's for the buyers what do you have expect? a little more room, it, it opens up that inventory. And, and that's the number one problem right now for, for buyers is inventory. Um, I've seen it's it's a competitive market, right? We've seen um, offers, twenty offers, thirty offers on houses. You know, people. So uh, I think there's actually advantage to that. Again, right now, if you have if you're in a good position, um, I, the equity you're going to gain equity. I don't think what I haven't seen, and 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 what the data tells us is that it's not unhealthy. Um, we're seeing steady market increase, not market increase, right, in terms of values. Uh, we're not seeing 2008 style or 2006, 2008 style values where they were just the, this kind of skyrocketing. Um, actually seeing appraisers trying to pull back on values a little bit right now, trying to be protective, which is good. Um, it's not working because <laughs> yeah. the demand's there, uh, but we're seeing that too. So, you know, and, and here's the thing, in terms of buying, you always have the tax advantage. That's huge. You're building an asset. You're going to build equity. You're going to, even if, if the people that had bought in 2008 were able to hold on to their homes and weren't in predatory loans and, and lose their homes because of really garbage mortgages, 99% of our bad guess what probably 70% of them would still be in their homes and be you know in positive positions, right? If not more than that. Um, even if we were to see a small pullback in values, which I don't really see happening right now, you're still going to always have equity. You're still going to gain. So nice. Well, and it's and it's funny that you brought it up. So you know. Houses in 2006, 2007, 2008, they, they started skyrocketing interest rate down. What have lenders done to safeguard that mortgage trash? I know, you know, there's they've, they've, they've adjusted a lot of different things. Their greed kind of came into perspective when that market crash happened. But what have they done to safeguard us from that? Because what you're seeing right now, and then me being from the outside looking in, right? I do I do financial planning, but I don't do the real estate stuff with, you know, dealing with my clients on this on this side of it. When you're from the outside looking in, you're you, it's almost like the writing's on the wall. Like this could happen again. But what have the loan 
what have what have they done to protect us from that? That's a good question. And you know, there's been a lot of protection. So the one thing people are talking about right now is the forbearance, right? And we're gonna see a lot of foreclosures. And the so talking about that, because that's really the hot topic right now. Um, they moved so quickly to get the forbearance programs in place. It was almost impressive. I, I'm rarely impressed with anything the government does. Um, you know, and they moved well. I don't, and that's completely apolitical. They did a great job protecting the homeowners. And I think it was because they realized that we're not in a position, economically speaking, where we can take on the recovery that we have to take on just in general and also deal with the, the mortgage housing yeah. market crash, right? It won't happen. I've had this, I have this talk a lot with a good friend of mine is an investor in some real estate. He also owns a bunch of commercial real estate. He asked me, he actually just closed on his second investment property within the last couple months. Um, uh, from residential versus commercial. Uh, and he was asking me, in my opinion, and I said, look, uh, this exact thing, they're going to protect that because we can't afford that. Um, so that's that piece. I think the forbearance programs are going to avoid having people have that lump sum and the foreclosure. We're not going to have that happen. I don't see it at least, you know, knock on wood, right? Give me some wood to knock on, knock on my head. Um, now, as far as the loans themselves, I can't talk to an appraiser anymore. I can't speak to them. Um, there are, there's layers of insulation between us. We have now appraisal management companies. So we're seeing record levels of, of equity in homes just in terms of on the refinance side, because people are keeping equity there. Uh, they're afraid people aren't wanting to refinance cash out. That's another huge sign that we haven't seen from 2008. Yeah. But the appraisers, um, I can't even talk to them and, and, and engage value. And so that really insulates because back in 2006 2008 in that time it was you'd call the appraiser you say hey i need six hundred thousand on a four hundred you know five hundred thousand dollar home you got that other hundred thousand like that you can't do that anymore uh loan guidelines are a lot more strict especially with covid recently um i have found that you really have to dot your i's and cross your t's with the income um they're being extremely strict on how they look at any part-time or overtime income bonus income all of that uh just because again fluctuation and then you know, any part-time income, they are on it with a like a with a laser microscope. It's crazy. Uh, so th those are a couple of, of things they've done. Loan guidelines are very are, are much more strict. They've loosened and they change and they're going to evolve. Um, I've noticed that they've evolved quite a bit recently, where we've seen some changes recently, both in reaction to COVID and then kind of some loosening. And uh, that that definitely is is there to protect the the market there's tighter restrictions you're not going to get your dog buying a. I don't know if you ever heard the stories about dogs buying houses you buying it in your cousin's uncle's sister's brother's yeah. name you know all that that's not going to happen anymore too nice yeah and that's you know that's a, that's a good question because sometimes it's you know looking like i said looking from the outside in you start seeing that as a financial plan you're like dude just you gotta just get yourself ready because this this could crash on us real quick now the question i have for you on another side of it is that um, do you see on your end, because I'm just looking at it from my end, do you see on your end people that are saying, hey, I've been living in San Diego. It's just super expensive to live here. I have so all this equity. It might be time for me to just cash out and go into another state and be able to buy myself a bigger property or anything like that. Ton of people. Ton of people. I think mean, Texas, Arizona, Florida are all the most popular, obviously, right now. Uh, I tell you what, I was just in Florida for business. And um, if I didn't have my business established here, I'd definitely consider the move. It was beautiful. Uh, people were out there working, having fun, music in the streets, people having a good time, which lo and behold, you know, yeah. going out and being around people, not again, not to get political, but that, that is plays into that factor. Right. Um, and it's expensive. Yeah. And the other thing I'm seeing is the exodus from areas like San Diego up North to Riverside to Temecula, those areas where they can afford a little bit of house, but that's actually even starting to climb. 
you know, uh, you're starting to see those areas tick up a little bit. But to have people that are willing to make the commute and actually go and drive 45 minutes to an hour uh, just to get to work every single day. But I guess you're doing that in some places in Alpine to, if you're going to yeah. Yeah, you know, San traffic. Diego anyhow. You got traffic. Traffic sucks anywhere you look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're to that point, if you're doing it to go home and your family has home and space, it makes sense. Uh, that that's that. But as far as leaving California, I'm seeing a lot of people going to Arizona, a lot of Texas, a lot of Florida. Those are the three main ones. And then actually another one that I've seen surprisingly a lot recently was um, Utah. So, yeah. So and then in your industry, when you're dealing with loans, how important uh, is it to have your realtor relationships? I mean, is that the, is that your main bread and butter or what are you doing or what is the other side of it that you're doing your marketing on? Yeah, that, that's an excellent question. That was actually the number one most important thing in terms of growing my business. And that my first year uh, self-employed, I've told you this, you know, if it wasn't for my wife telling me, no, you're not going to quit, I would have gone to work for somebody again because I hadn't built those relationships yet to where I was getting the referral business. I had people that I knew and I was you know, doing onesie, twosie loans. I hadn't learned how to do lead generation at that point. So I hadn't gotten to that. Um, wasn't really using Facebook at all uh, to my benefit in any way. Um, and then, but I put the work in with the realtors and yeah, one of the things I really believe there's no coincidences. And I, there was one night I was at the office and that's so what my, my, I work, I have an office at a brokerage, real estate brokerage. And I was there at seven o'clock dialing for dollars, man. It was one of those desperate nights where I'm dialing through these garbage leads that I'd had. And, um, <laughs> lo and behold, one of my favorite and one of my best, uh, referral partners, little 82 year old Latina or Mexican lady. I don't even know Latina is the right term, but Mexican lady told me comes in, she comes like, I have a client, they need a prequel, you know, you want to come meet them and can you help them? And we closed them and that was my first clients with her. And she's been one of my greatest referral partners. I work with her protege as well. Uh, and also, you know, they all, what's great about that relationship too, is that there's all the people there are so loyal. I have so many referrals from those clients also. Uh, and, and that's everything. The relationships matter so much getting together with realtors and but what's nice is that I don't just, I, the, the difference I think in where I like where I'm at now versus where I was two years ago, now I bring something to the table. Something that I'm doing that's different is I'm really doing a lot of lead generation on my own. Um, I've actually just referred off to the guy who first ever referred me a lead. I got to give him a purchase lead. A guy was just a, a beautiful, perfectly pre-approved client. They're working great together. And that's been my goal now this year is to partner up with my my partners that are with right now and leverage them up to the next level and show them you know if they want to use facebook the way that we're doing that i'm using it with some of the videos and i'm actually gonna be dropping a lot more of those here very soon if they want to do the lead generation we're doing um and i can just share some of what i have either way just to reciprocate you know i wouldn't be where i am without my real estate partners and so it's really neat to be able to for one to know that i have a lot of people that trust me with business uh and and trust me with you know their paycheck end of the day yeah. But for two, that um, I've developed these partnerships of, with people that I'm looking forward to even growing further with and, and keeping going now that I'm bringing more to the table because I've learned. I mean, I've done I, I, I partnered up in this mastermind group. I mentioned them a lot. Legion of Loan Officers, great people, uh, taught me a ton and they have brought me onto this level of, of how to be good and how to generate business in my business and how to be successful in my business that I just didn't have having a mentor. You know, having mentors is huge. And they really brought me in. So now part of our program and part of what they preach is, look, bring it together. Make, give them a reason to come to you. And it's been working. So, 
Yeah, no, having a, a mentor in in this in any business is, is huge. So, you know, if you find it, it's for everyone out there, if you're self-employed, you need to find a mentor, someone is gonna help you go through those ups and downs because you definitely need that. So yeah. one last question, because I know, you know, I try to keep these under 30 minutes. I know you have a busy schedule, is I, I you mentioned your marketing, right? Your leads. I don't see anyone else, and I mean I have a lot of followers, I follow a lot of people on social media. I don't see anyone else doing the type of lead generation that you're doing, going direct to consumer for your loans. Is that something that's new in your industry or is that something that has been there? It just, I just don't see it because I just don't follow those people on social media. That's a good question. You know, so there's, there's a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff that you'll see that you don't even realize that direct to consumer stuff that people like me pay for. Um, and, and then, so I think it kind of, yeah, that's a good question. There's, there's a lot of companies that, do a lot of that direct to consumer, but the way I do it, it's not even about, for me, it's not even about the videos, uh, the stuff I do that in, it's not about lead generation for me there. It's about helping. It's about being there and putting something else out. Um, I, I, I've, it's funny because the, the videos have made me a lot of money. I've made, I've, I've developed a, a great consumer base by people that have seen me and, but it, it also gets me in front of people that I talk to. So what I'll do is I'll upload databases of realtors as well. I have different videos that go to my realtors that you'll never see. And they yeah. see me talking in, in those situations. You'll see real, real videos that I do to clients or, or partners and things like that that you'll see. Um, so there's some strategy behind that that, that most people aren't doing. No, the, the math, that's actually one of the uh, certain technique that I've really gotten good at is using video to target different demographics. Um, I have a realtor series that we're going to be dropping really soon. That's exciting. Uh, we've been kind nice. of planning it out. That's just specific. And I have a built up a really nice database of realtors. I'm actually talking with one of our buddies, uh, Matt, Matt's my shout out to okay. him. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he's with Goose. It's really funny. Actually, I know we got to get going, but he partnered up with my guy, my insurance guy. He got into the, into the residential world and he's partnered up with my, I was so excited for him because he's a great guy. So, um, there's, there's a technique that to use if actually for anybody out there who's interested and I'm always happy to share it and, you know, not trying to sell you anything. I'll just tell you how to do what I do. It's fun. Um, but you guys, I mean, we, I mean, we do it and it's not complicated. It really isn't. You just have to understand social media and have your list and target it very specific. And you, you and I both know the more information you put out there, the more, the, the more, the times they see your face, the more videos you do, the more interaction they have that way, they're going to, they're going to finally eventually call you when they need something. That's just the reality of it. The, the, it's the funniest thing where you have people that like, I, I, I you know, don't want to use much names, but people we went to high school with people we went to school with call me and say, Oh, you do mortgages. People I, I, I used to hang out with all the time that because of where I was in my past, like we talked yeah. about where I wasn't in that place where I am now. I was a much different man when I was you know, 10 years ago. 15 we years all ago. were, we all no, were. <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody would have thought about buying a home for, with me uh, 10 years ago. And I'm glad that I've earned the, the trust and in, in, in I've grown past that. Uh, but yeah, so that helps because now they see me as the man that I am and they see the man that I've grown into, uh, which makes all the difference. You know, um, it was great. I guys, well, I saw you doing videos with the Saul socks. It was the socks yeah. things that, you know, we were actually doing posts with that. We were going up yeah. a coaster. That was yeah. how we kind of reconnected, I think. Yep. Um, and cause it's that connection, right? It's more about connecting with the people there and the business will take care of itself. That, that is 100% true. That's definitely true. So um, our time is up, Zach. I do appreciate that. I just want to get one thought from you. I know that you have that big T-Win poster in the back. What are your thoughts on our Padres this season? Do you think we're going to take the division or are we going to be fighting for the wild card against the Dodgers? And this, you know, How do you think that's going to work out? Let me tell you, I have never been more excited about Padres baseball. I was I was thinking next year, not, not this year, next season. I was, and then when they started making those moves and we added those arms – 
Man, they, you know, I've never, we've never had a, an ownership team that is this engaged and invested. We, you know, we were here, you were here for the file set fire sale years, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We were, I was talking with my cousins. We had this text group. We talked, we were talking about the Andy Brown, you know, and, and kind of trying to compare the guns. And we were looking at the rotations of the 98 years. And no, we, you can't compare. Geez. You can't compare. And no, it's, I was in the same boat. I didn't think that with Clevenger being out for the season with Tommy John surgery, I didn't think it was going to be there. I, I know Gore is our number one prospect when it comes to pitching. I expect him to eventually get called up and, you know, fight for a starting rotation. Uh, you got, you got, a you got a McKenzie also, I think it's uh, McKenzie that, you know, 21 year old, 22 year old, you know, there you got you got all these pictures right and you're like okay it's gonna take us a year to develop and then they're like boom let's get this guy snell boom let's go get after you know you and you're like okay and then next year we get clevenger back and these guys are under contract for at least two or three more years it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting time the fact that we we locked clevenger in the option for clevenger too because i was worried we we're gonna lose him and the fact that we locked that option man you know for one, it's nice because they're committed still. We lost, You would think that Clevenger was an excuse, right? Clevenger would have been an easy excuse for a yeah. next-year mentality, and they don't. They didn't allow that, and that's so impressive, too. As a Padre fan and having been through as much as we've been through, having been San Diego fans in general, um, it's refreshing because we've never had an ownership invest like that and no. be willing to say, okay, yeah, we'll get him back and we'll be even more dangerous. What? You know? No, what I it, love, man, is is people want to play here right now. People want to come and be a part of this ball club. They're fun, and they have so much. I can't wait to get and actually see them in person because that as much fun as they're having together, playing together, that's got to be so much fun. And you know, it's gonna be, it will be. Excuse me, so much fun in person. It's the ambiance. You just, you know, the music. They're all, you know, you got Tatis, you got Machado, you got, you know, Hosmer, you got every Myers. They're all having fun out there, and it's just, it reminds it, when I. I only played baseball one season when I was a kid, but it reminds me of me being a kid and just going out there and just hitting the ball and just having fun. Like that's, that's the one thing I'm super excited to, to check out this year. Cause it's going to be an awesome. And just, we just signed Tatis to a 14 year deal. So we definitely, as soon as this, the, they open up the floodgates to let us play, I, San Diego needs to come and support. We don't want these Dodger fans here for the series. We want to sell at the stadium and be all Brown. <laughs> be there, baby. Be there, baby. It's going to be, be beautiful. all Brown. Well, once again, Zach, thank you for your time. If anyone's interested in talking to Zach about refinancing or any type of loans, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Send me a DM. I, DM, I will send you Zach's information. Um, don't forget to join us next week. Uh, next week, we'll actually have uh, Ed Ledford. He's one of my, uh, my business partners here at the wholesale firm for the life insurance. And because we're getting into spring, uh, this, you know, our normally when we would go on our Easter spring vacations, we're going to be talking about vacations. We're going to be talking about traveling and eating food, and it should be a really good one. Zach knows I'm a foodie when it comes to 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 what I do, but Ed takes it to a whole nother level. So I'm pretty excited about that because he's he's visited some really cool places, um, and I'm I'm excited to hear uh, get some ideas of where I want to go visit. So tune in next week, Zach. Thank you so much for your time again. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll send you any lead that comes in our way. Thank you very much. Don't forget, everyone, to uh, go on YouTube, subscribe to our video, as I will seize it, and we'll see you next Tuesday live at 5. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. See you.